Hello, welcome to the Real Politic podcast. Opposing the government. You have fields. And opposing the Conservatives. Cows that move backwards and forwards. I'm afraid it's the hard left. And you have the milk. Who want to tighten their control. That is taken from cows in the south. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. And taken from cows in the north. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. Put together in the same factory. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, What's Chris? Well, we know who the hard okay. left are. And then it is mixed together with whiskey. Or in the, you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. And it comes out as milk. You just said that we were right, right to right wing. Cows in the fields. Milk in the shops. Hard left agenda. The state controls the price of milk. Printing money. That is what socialism does. Nationalisation without compensation. Hard left wing position. Hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left. And I just started hating people today. My name is Tom, and I'm joined today by my good comrade Jack Frayne Reed. Hello, hello. hello. How, how are you, Tom? I'm not too bad. I'm fine myself. I'm looking forward to an exciting weekend coming up at the World Same. Transformed. Yes, it's going to be. Oh, and of course, the, the Labour Party conference. Not that we that we have any tickets to actually get into the uh, the conference. We are just going to be going to the World Transformed event. We, and, we uh, wouldn't get security clearance. No, <laughs> no. it's all the Russian ties. We're basically on full PR mode. We're, we've got people keeping an eye on us. We're in sh- proportional we're, we're... reputation mode. <laughs> yeah, I got it wrong. Proportional representation. Yeah, <laughs> keeping one eye open, and if there's any like Sun or Guido journalists lurking about trying to catch like a quote from us. You there know. were last year for sure. I think I saw uh, Jim Waterson, of course, former Guido <laughs> alumni himself, and uh, I think maybe the Toad Alex Wickham possibly lurking around. In oh, fact, yes. I must have been about a meter from them when me and Ben, I won't mention his surname, were chanting about ISIS uh, in response <laughs> to someone on stage <laughs> saying something about Owen Smith. So um, you, you missed that one. If, if I wasn't there last year. I wasn't there last year. Sadly, I was. I, I was. I was. I got stuck in work. Sadly, but I really wanted to go and down to Brighton. But I'm going to be. I'm going to be there in Liverpool. I'm excited because, of course, I'm going to be starting my masters there in January. So it's be nice to go and see the city when it's full of colour and excitement, and hopefully not too much. Because I, I get the feeling this year's conference is not going to be as kind of cheerful and uh, as last year's one was, because of course the conference last year followed the really astonishing general election result and since then we've had to deal with the media really kind of uh, going on a real offensive and of course the whole anti-semitism stuff in the Labour Party and so it's it's going to be I think it's going to be a very intense conference at the, actually at the conference but I think the world transformed will certainly help even well, out the nerves and the tension that's going to be building up because uh, it's going to be it's going to be a bit uh, it, it's going to be intense I'm sure there's, there's a lot of people who want to get their thoughts across and uh, call up people who've been weaponizing some quite serious issues and I think that needs to be discussed. I've been maintaining for quite a while when people I know have been very apprehensive about this year's conference that I think the mood there will be, if not as ebullient as last year, certainly better than a lot of us are expecting because I think that 
there will be i mean this might not be the case i'm not you know currently active at a clp level or anything so there will be people who day in day out are seeing labor comrades but for some of us who have mostly been following politics the last couple of months online or in the papers on television i think actually being around other people who are committed to a socialist project and being reminded oh no most people aren't going to not vote for the Labour Party because something, something, Corbyn, Reef, yeah. something, something, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. And, 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 the, and also, we'll remember, because there's been a kind of level of understandable kind of paranoia on the left in the last few months where you're kind of not sure kind of who has crank tendencies. To use a word I think is actually quite unhelpful, the fact that if they're saying it on real politic, it's probably not necessarily the most useful political discourse. But, you know, you've been worried somebody <laughs> might have... Excuse um... me, excuse me. We are, <laughs> we are, we have been given good review in Red Pepper. We are, rel- we are now a reliable source on the British it, left, okay? It was a great review. Thank you very much, Edward Dingwall, for Thank that. Thank you very much, Ed. Thank you. Um, right, and as fast looking, onwards... <laughs> Yeah, no, but but I just think that we'll see like-minded comrades and we'll talk to them and we'll remember that most people are into the Labour Party, not because they get up every day and think, how can I fuck over Jewish people, but because they want to change society for the better and they want to have a fairer and more equal and more democratic society. And that, for me, was because it's all kind of slipped back into memory but almost as soon as the initial wave of election euphoria wore off that was a kind of shitty summer as well actually for the most part there were all kinds of bull i think that was the haringey stuff happening maybe at that point already and they were all spinning uh, that as a hard left purge and there was a lot of kind of bullshit anti-labor party stories then as mm. well as kind of stuff happening like the sarah champion racism scandal and oh, then you got God, yes. you you get to come and for me it was i got to conference and i remembered oh okay yeah you know most people who are in this movement don't agree with sarah champion on um muslim men being rapists and um that is a good thing and also you know probably jeremy corbyn and those around him don't think that either so that is what i'm hoping that the world transformed will be some kind of like reality kick reinstill some faith in the cause i was going to move on to the lib dem conference but if you have something to say on labor conference probably be a good time now um or forever hold your peace all i'm gonna say is if you see us there near a bar buy me a beer thank you uh can you like uh sell me some weed sell sell jack some weed buy him a coke a cola (laughs) buy me some coke (laughs) and get tom a pint that's all we ask folks thank you some coke some crack specifically tom <laughs> likes it on the rocks if you get what i mean <laughs> wink you know, wink we're not just wink, wink, say no more say no more no we're really we're really good i'm looking forward to meeting some good comrades up there and stuff and uh it's, it's a really nice city to be held in as well and it's just nice knowing that we're in a city where if you're a sun journalist you're not fucking welcome and you will never ever be fucking welcome and long may that continue yeah in fact in our walk hard with dewey cox story episode which i think will probably come out after conference we do mention how the world transformed as an organization have declared that 
sun journalists i know it's a contradiction in terms but the people who work for the sun who describe themselves as journalists will not be treated as such at the world transformed <laughs> you, which you, is what excellent. you do is you when you find out they are a sun journalist you point at them and you laugh at them that's what yes. you do you point at them you do what do you do what uh, jack did last year every time you saw george eaton just uh, laugh. <laughs> Uh, me and George actually are close personal friends. <laughs> like, come on, come on. Well, we're gonna. We'll. I'm sure we'll see George this year. I'm, I'm sure we'll see George. We'll have a chat. We'll see how his re-education's coming along, and then uh, <laughs> we'll report on the show how he's doing. I've heard that for the last few months he's been holed up at the uh, Frayne Reed Zarb cousin finishing school for political persuasion and trolling. There's been um, loads of missed calls from Helen Lewis and uh, Stephen Bush <laughs> on his phone, like George. George, I hear you've been at this. You've been hanging out with the trolls. Yeah, but they they never see him. They just get another article in the post, which is just like the radical new ideas behind Labour. Or just like the latest from George Eaton. Why communism fucking rules. (laughs) (laughs) My latest article in the New Statesman. But his articles are increasingly becoming like that, though. He's sort of got the ideas brief. Laura was versing Marx's critiques with him on Twitter, wasn't she, the other yes. day, I believe? Yeah. Laura was having a Marx jam on the timeline with Brilliant. Red George. I welcome it, you know. People say that the left are always looking for traitors, not converts. I haven't got the fucking energy, man. Like, if one journalist in the entire fucking media whose politics maybe don't necessarily align with our own is going to at least, like, do some of the intellectual legwork trying to understand the dominant form of politics on the British left, then I think all credit to him. He's actually doing his job in a way that most journalists who come from that kind of Eustonite tradition have <laughs> not not even attempted to. We'll see you at conference, Red George. <laughs> I prefer Red George to Woke George, personally. I don't yeah, know about you. Red George. So while we're up in Liverpool, do you reckon we'll bump into another Labour luminary, Joe Anderson, once ah, described yes, as a pie-crust snorting wizard and a corrupt <laughs> Humpty Dumpty-looking <laughs> which we condemn. because which, Yes, absolutely. It, it, it turns out that he has um, great views on trans rights. Yeah. I, I he, did not expect that. <laughs> I just just looking at his Wikipedia page, apparently he ran last year, he put himself forward for selection as the Labour candidate for Liverpool Walton, but lost out to Dan Carden, who's a solid left winger. So <laughs> that is good. But right now, I have no idea what his job is currently. He's um, the mayor oh, of in, Liverpool, in, isn't he? Incumbent mayor of Liverpool. So Steve Rotherham is something different. Steve Rotherham's Metro Mayor... <laughs> I'm so confused. I yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, Mer- Merrills and all that. Yeah, I was I'm yeah. A all bit right, hazy, hazy Steve Rotherham is the Metro Mayor of the Liverpool City Region, whilst Joe Anderson is Mayor of Liverpool. There you go. But yeah, anyway, he wasn't he just like yelling at some transphobes? Yeah, it was this Liverpool-based trans-exclusionary feminist group who he just completely just wiped the floor with, as you should do with TERFs. You do not give them a platform. You do not give them the, 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 the time, the space, the energy. That isn't about equality. That isn't about fairness. That isn't about having an open and deep debate. That's about bullying. It's about intimidation, and it's about proposing hate against people that are different. 
That's something that every single one of us in this council reject. And that's why you never got any applause. If you'd approached in a different way, and you wanted to have a sensible conversation and discussion with us, then we'd listen. But we won't tolerate abuse of members of this community that we respect, value and love. And when you get that in your head, then I'll sit down and meet with you and discuss with you your concerns. Until then, I won't meet with you. In fact, what I'd especially say that you shouldn't do is respond to their bullshit questions with answers such as Women's rights are not considered less important. I believe that all views must be taken into account and I am convinced that we can build consensus around this. That is my hope. I have met with some of the women from Women's Place and will be doing so again. I was also approached by a number of Women Party members from constituencies in the South East. That's always a bad sign, South East. Yeah, yeah. And I am meeting them in October. That was John McDonnell, oh, Labour Shadow Chancellor, sake. talking about the far-right hate group Women's John, Place you UK. don't need to speak with these people or acknowledge them. They're fucking fascists. They, they don't believe in the existence of trans people you don't fucking talk to them you don't acknowledge their views fuck them john i'm incredibly disappointed by this for a number of reasons for a start i think that the john mcdonnell of the 1980s who was ahead of the curve on gay rights issues when gay people were being persecuted in the same way trans people are now i think that he would not have responded with such a meager equivocation to questions like that i think he would have unequivocally told a homophobe to go and fuck off in that era so i'm I'm disappointed by that it's it's the dark side of this new conciliatory john mcdonnell we're seeing who is being too conciliatory with the wrong people. The other thing is that it's not like you have to be extremely online to see the sustained media-backed hate campaign against vulnerable trans comrades. You know, there's a lot of these people in our movement and, you know, there are unfortunately transphobes in our movement as well. And We should be making the latter group the, the the prejudiced bigots feel unwelcome not not the former group so you know you, you you don't have to be extremely online you just have to read the papers to see that this hate campaign is going on so it's immensely disappointing from mcdonald i think it's uh, probably worse than anything corbyn said on this particular issue if he's solid on it as far as i'm aware corbyn... i think he is yeah as ever corbyn has kind of said oh well he probably said similar things. I'll talk to people on both sides. But you know that he's listening to yeah. one side, and that's reflected in Labour's policy. Like when uh, when one of the most obnoxious transphobes, I forget who it was. It might have been that uh, Dr. T- Dr. Turf, whatever she was. You know, oh, the one who God, yeah. kicked out of the Labour Party. Christ. Yeah, yeah that uh, was, do- that Dr. Was... Turf, whatever the fuck her name was, I don't know. I think she yeah. was saying something like, oh, I gave Corbyn a load of leaflets. And our, our senior Labour source said Corbyn will be putting them in the special filing cabinet and then posted a bin emoji. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's so disappointing to see this from John McDonnell. And of course, these quotes are posted on Twitter in the context of... James Kirkup, some hideous-looking cunt from The Spectator, <laughs> saying, um, you, you know how every Spectator writer, they have these kind of grotesque caricatures of them as their, as their uh, byline pictures and stuff, but that's actually mate. just a realist portrait of what they actually look like. They just, <laughs> a social you realist. For The Spectator, the hate just twists your face. What, the what's the name of the said journalist you mentioned? He's called James Kirkup. 
we might have another um when you asked me to search a picture of the guy when i was in munich and i pissed myself oh god yeah gavin barwell yeah what's the name was james uh kirkup look at him look at that fucking face like just <laughs> cheeks, like dragging over his fucking arm oh my what? god like <laughs> his fucking his, his location is set to the radical center <laughs> it looks like his like his head's detached from his spine it's like what? like it's gonna flop off for any minute yeah i know what what is radically centrist about the fucking far-right fascist spectator magazine unbelievable did you know that uh, tony blair was doing an interview with sorry not the spectator but with the economist from the other day and oh yeah he, he, that, said, uh, he said he said he said that steve bannon's speaking at yeah we need to build bridges with fucking steve bannon they fucking yeah. coming out with bullshit like that you guys came under attack for having steve bannon as one of your your guests i think in in america my view is you've got to engage with the people who disagree with you and you've got to be prepared to go out and argue your case and listen to them and build bridges to them. Can I ask the audience who here thinks that we, should, we, we made a mistake in inviting uh, Steve Bannon? I know the people who really hated the idea probably didn't come. Stick your hand up if you think we made a mistake. Right. So okay. Pretty, they all uh, stayed away. They think you're right, Blair, Tony. So building bridges is one thing. Uh, listening to those who disagree. Right? Yeah, but not Jeremy Corbyn, obviously. Steve Bannon. Because, if anything, extremely Dan Hodge's voice, Jeremy Corbyn is actually much worse than Steve Bannon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just going to go back to my mum's basement now to, to <laughs> wank with a smug fucking grin on my face to one of my own articles. Wasn't he, wasn't he going after, like, Michael Rosen on Twitter the other day? Yeah, undoubtedly. I mean, uh, Dan Hodges is the guy who throws around terms like useful Jewish idiot. So, uh, yeah, oh, I wouldn't, it wouldn't hell, surprise like... me if he is attacking left-wing my Jews. My God. Oh. But uh, anyway, the hideous, awful Jenkins from his home in the radical centre has been sort of goading Corbyn supporters into criticising McDonnell over this, saying, whatever will the angry mob say? Then he, he rammed the point home. I wonder if anyone in Labour circles is brave enough to tell John McDonnell he's on the wrong side of history, or that he's about to meet a far-right hate group. Obviously, we had to quote-tweet him saying that, yes, indeed, McDonnell on this issue is on the wrong side of history, or at least has the potential to be and is meeting a far-right hate group. Because if we didn't, it would be inconsistent with everything that we've ever said. But, I yeah. mean, it, it, these journalists do love this opportunity, don't they? They do love to say to Corbyn supporters, will you condemn Corbyn slash McDonnell? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the go-to line for them, isn't it, always? Like, and then you... we do, because we actually have principles. Yeah. These people don't, they don't understand it. They would never criticise Theresa May. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he'd ever kind of get similarly critical as he and other right-wing hacks fucking demand that Corbyn supporters do. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so, I mean, need, I think... Need, need there be said more? No, absolutely not. So, do we carry on talking about John McDonnell and the weird apotheosizing of John McDonnell in the media recently? Or do we continue our conference line of discussion, which we've already actually kind of deviated from, well, and you, talk you, about Lib Dem conference? We could briefly mention how the media is taking an unusual 
interest in John McDonnell and also how they're certainly framing him. They've gone from going after him for IRA comments to now seemingly trying to pitch him as a sort of someone who could potentially backstab Corbyn. Like, what's, yeah. what's going on here? It's very odd, and I'm wondering what's going on, because, I mean, they have apparently forgiven and forgotten all the Irish Troubles kind of stuff, and they are now seizing on the fact that he hasn't done as much Palestine activism as Corbyn has, even though, as far as I understand, on pretty much every issue of substance, they have virtually the same opinions, have appeared at all the same rallies for however many years, you know, a few decades, long before McDonald became an MP in 97. And they have worked so closely together and kind of defer to each other. I think because there's this idea in the media, they think that Corbyn's thick, which I'm sure is a reason why they kind of hate themselves so much in the last couple of years. They're, 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 they're just uh, in constantly in a bad mood because they always just get their ass handed to them because they haven't been able to topple this this, this gentle man you know (laughs) he's he's not he's not gentle though tom you know he actually oh sorry uh corbyn fought corbyn fought that the munich terrorist attack was a good thing this is an entirely plausible thing to think he laid a reef jack he laid a reef we were talking briefly about john mcdonnell and kind of the unusual interest that the media have taken in him recently and also you mentioned how well, we spoke about this before we properly started recording how there's been a few occasions now where John's had to come out on Twitter and like say, I've worked with Jeremy for a long time, you know, he's my comrade, we've been through thick and thin and we'll continue to go through that. And he's had yeah. to sort of issue several of those statements recently. And that suggests to me that it's not just us who've noticed this strange tone to the media coverage of McDonald, that the man himself has noticed it. So I guess the question is whether he is kind of actively indulging it so Mm. it started off there was a long profile of him by jason cowley in the bad ns which was i mean it had some reactionary stuff in there sort of about how labor's last manifesto was aimed at the middle classes and this kind of bollocks but at the same time like it was overwhelmingly very positive about mcdonnell and cowley was obviously quite overawed by his intellect and then there was um, oh really? Uh, like yeah, just good. <laughs> he, they totally. were dumbfounded by McDonald's intellect, and 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 also he was surprised McDonald has a sense of humour. But it's like, why would you be surprised? There's all these like videos of him being like, <laughs> you know, when Thatcher died, that was jokes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got into trouble once uh, when I was on any questions, and they asked the question, um, "Ashes to Ashes," that program that was on TV. It was about people going back in time and performing an act of goodness or whatever. So they asked the question, if you could go back in time, what act would you do? And I said, I'd go back and there's probably, but I said, assassinate Thatcher. And I'm not joking, this was in Wales, the only questions was, and the audience got up, they were literally at their biggest applause, I've had them like, they had to quiet them down before they could broadcast again. Right? There was massive support for actually, um, assassinating Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> so what's, what's interesting, Hilly Mantel is most probably about to make a fortune out of this book. <laughs> I'm going to sue her. <laughs> On copyright grounds. What's like, and and, and who you. could forget the time when he went, as plotters, they're fucking useless. They've been plotting and conniving. The only good thing about it, as plotters, they're fucking useless. <laughs> 
like... I was fucking there, man. I will never forget that <laughs> electrifying moment. And and of course there was calling. He's the most uh, electrifying it... man in in the political arena. Was it was it Esther McVeigh who he said was a stain on humanity? <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's fucking true. Your colleague John McDonald did say on my programme here that it was okay to describe Esther McVeigh as a stain of humanity because he was expressing his natural anger. That's not a sort of phrase that I've ever heard you use. No, is, I... is it a sort of phrase that well, politicians should use? Say about so every Tory you can MP. see why, listeners, why we're intrigued by this sudden turn in the media coverage of McDonald. how it's gone from him being this completely beyond-the-pale guy who's made some supposedly horrible comments about his colleagues and has, has mentioned some supposedly beyond the pale views but now he's seemingly good again in their eyes so ian austin <laughs> still doesn't like him ian austin oh, said fucking... that the last time he tried to talk to mcdonald he got told to fuck off as you should do whenever you come <laughs> yeah. into contact with ian austin you just tell him to fuck <laughs> off because he's a ridiculous just dickhead. Gr- mcdonald just grabbed him by the shoulders and bounced his fucking <laughs> balloon head off the wall <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Ian! <laughs> to be a fly on the wall, to be a fly on the wall to see John McDonald telling Ian to fuck off. Because, like, I think most people probably who've probably worked with Ian Austin in politics probably wanted to tell him to fuck off. <laughs> it's a disgrace. Yeah, well, I mean, Such there was that gun. recent incident where Ian Austin was just screaming abuse in Ian Lavery's face, which, I mean, takes bollocks i'll give him that because yeah, he uh, could, could kill him with one punch he's a he's a he's a he's a built man he you know he's a he's a former miner isn't he <laughs> you don't fuck with the lav yeah <laughs> in the fucking lav it's like being in the <laughs> meet shit me in I'm, the lav i'm, in, I'm lav. in the lav <laughs> beaten up by Ian Labour. there's gonna be back. fights at the labor conference like back do you have you ever seen that fucking interview of when kinnick when kinnick you know neil kinnick you know yeah fucking yeah, I know, I know, neil yeah, kinnick. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you, know, remember, you know that yeah. you know that bold ginger kinnick, yeah neil kinnick yeah uh yeah. <laughs> um when he said when he claimed that he was in like a, a labor conference in the 80s he was in like he got confronted in like a toilet yeah, and, ha- and like, and he had to like uh, fend off some rap scallion, like also, like I swear yeah. I've seen this somewhere. Like, have you, have you? Is it when he is it in one of the Labour Wilderness Years documentaries? I think it is. It? Yeah, yeah. I think so he funny. basically, yeah, he got attacked by a trot in the, in the toilet, and uh, Kinnock's uh, version of it is very sort of. Uh, oh, you should see the other guy. <laughs> Neil Kinnock's refusal to support Tony Benn was also a critical moment in his career. At the 1981 conference, he put down a marker for the future and alienated many friends on the left. As the conference ended, some of Ben's allies called him a Judas to his face. At the bar um, at uh, the conference hotel was extremely crowded. I mean, you really could not move. Um, and again, someone made a disparaging remark towards Neil, and uh, you know, Neil in- immediately lost his temper. Uh, and started pursuing this person through the crowds, um, you know, obviously very red-faced uh, with, with fury, uh, and uh, I think eventually uh, came to blows with him in the, uh, uh, in, the, in the gents at the back. I was attacked in the gents by uh, a young man who I guess has never attacked anybody in his life. I've, I've never seen him since. I've kept my eye out for him because I'd like to... I'd like to apologise to him for what I actually did to him. Um, uh, but uh, it, it, he got caught up in all the emotions and so on. So he, uh, um, 
he rather foolishly attacked me. And it was a, it was a, it was it was more stupid than malicious. You fucking fell on a beach, mate. From, from like, <laughs> like you, could... you got yeah, you got beaten up by the sea, mate. You want to talk? <laughs> oh, it would have been me. great if just like the toilet just started flooding and it was just like hey neil it's me the sea i've come to get you <laughs> you think going inside means you get away from me motherfucker this is october 1983 it's a labor conference in brighton it's a classic moment do you want a real story go on i walk on, on the water <laughs> Then he just slips up on the toilet floor and uh, bashes his head and Tony Ben becomes leader and everything's great. <laughs> oh, how we long for the, the alternative history of the Labour Party. Yes. So then after the McDonnell profile of the New Statesman, there was one written by the Mirror's Kevin Maguire in Prospect. There was also a Radio 4 profile of him. And all of them are really quite soft soap and really laudatory and they they've, they've noticed after three years that mcdonald comes from a working class background he's after, from liverpool as well isn't he originally? he is from liverpool but yeah. because he's a london mp for the last three years that was all that all that came up about him but now they're mm. like yeah yeah his mum worked at bhs he did a sandwich making course at brunel like and yeah. and, and <laughs> it, you know the authenticrats are loving it and some people who i follow who are definitely not on the labor left are are now like oh mcdonald's great i want him to be leader and i'm like <laughs> the hard man of the hard left like okay and and i mean one thing i will say is that if the wedge strategy of the left's opponents now is to posit john mcdonald as the moderate alternative to jeremy corbyn then that is a certain level of hegemony that the left are currently enjoying yeah <laughs> The fact that these melts are going, I'd take McDonald over Corbyn any day, is yeah, just I saw absolutely somebody, hilarious. I saw somebody say, in response to a moderate mutual of mine, uh, saying something about, I want McDonald to be leader, and someone was like, what? So you want Corbynism plus outright thuggery? And, and I was just reading that like... Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've always thought that Corbynism could do with a little bit more thuggery. Uh, it's a big, big reason why I'm so disappointed by the Democracy Review. I don't think we're thugging at all, to be honest. Motherfucker, we're not thugging. So, just for our listeners. To give a basic summary of what's going on there, we're going to have to wait another year before we can possibly try and go again. Yeah. Uh, to uh, so so explain. That's, to that's the... definitely the case on reform of local government. Okay. Uh, that, when, that's what, 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 what do we know to... about mandatory reselection at the moment? That it's dead in the fucking water. Fucking but there's, um, yeah, I know it's it, See, it's unbelievable. This is why we can't right? wait a year as well. But we can't yeah. wait a year because we could be seeing a Labour government elected within a year. But yeah. the problem is when we have that Labour government, we need a parliamentary Labour party that's going to support that left wing initiative that we want to see in power. And we yeah. currently do not have that 
in the Parliamentary Labour Party. It, 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 started, it started off with, oh, these policies are fine and all and in a, in a, in a nice world. I'd love to see them happen, but we, we just aren't going to achieve. You know, it, it's just not going to it's not going to connect with the electorate. Then we had the 2017 general election and it changed. You know, we yeah. can actually achieve this now. And now all those fucking melts in the PLP have completely changed the position. Oh, actually, I just didn't agree with the policies all along. Yeah, it's, These... they're very principled, actually, you see. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it, it turns out that now rebelling against your own party because of strong ideological objections is good. Although although I keep seeing that argument, like, uh, but you realise Corbyn rebelled against his party loads too and i'm like yeah and it's it's fucking awesome like corbyn's yeah. voting record is the best of any mp from any party in the new labor era for the precise reason that he rebelled against that awful reactionary government so much um yeah. you know if you go on an issue by issue basis i'm pretty sure that most labor members most labor supporters and voters would agree with the stances that corbyn took like nobody is is, is you know clucking for the fucking tuition fees or or uh, <laughs> privatization of public services isn't it? that's that's not things people are actually into there's something but people with a professional interest in politics between yeah. that sometime in the 1980s and sometime a couple of years ago convince themselves that everybody wants unfortunately some the issue now we have that. a parliamentary labor party that is still stuck in that mindset and yeah it I mean, really, budging, how, how... and it's 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 not good news. Like this I is something imagine. that could really sink the project if we don't get a f- the whole mandatory reselection issue. Is, is was it basically a backdoor, like a backdoor stitch up? Basically, yeah, it okay. was. There's, uh, so how... there's not strong support for mandatory reselection or indeed open selection, which was the alternative that Momentum were promoting, which was like I think US style open primaries. There is not an appetite for that in the unions bar. I think United. I might even be wrong about that because what has been remarkable about the results of the democracy review that the NEC have been voting on and will continue to do so on Saturday is that the Electoral College seems to be back. Um, The Electoral College actually devised by John Landsman in the 1980s as a compromise because it gave more power to the members and it, I think, offset at least the MPs veto a bit. Uh, for unions i think it was it was sort of bargained uh, so that it was more favorable to the plp but yeah now after the kind of freak aberration of what was essentially an open primary where people could pay a small amount of money in order to vote for a candidate in 2015 as a result of that kind of aberration that accident jeremy corbyn got elected and it seems that a lot of people including the unions whose policies are now reflected in the labor party as a result of jeremy corbyn's leadership don't want that to ever happen again it's quite striking really it's frustrating and i just hope that there's not a lot of people who are naive enough to think that we can allow this to continue for much longer because we are really going to struggle to achieve much the labor government that has a, a plp that is just complete just not on the save wavelength as the majority of the membership of the party is and people who are going to be voting for labor come the next general election who are just not going to be represented by this small proportion of our party here in the plp it's, it's and what it's happens when sad. we give the right of the labor party concessions we, what we do don't they have do? to they we throw do. them back in our fucking faces 
these people will play the victims they'll play oh isn't it so tough for us right now but if you give them any opening they will exploit it we need to stop being naive they will exploit any weakness that we show we need to stop it to stop it yeah, the, the defense of the new leadership proposal Pathetic. that I've seen is that they would exclude the two Chrises. So that's on the one end, somebody like Chris Williamson, who <laughs> is disliked by the PLP, but has a level of grassroots support. And on the other hand, our friend of the show, I'm afraid, Chris Leslie, who <laughs> has a few friends in the PLP, although I've heard that most of them think he's a cunt. Um, <laughs> for a senior source, seriously, that's <laughs> actual Westminster gossip. Chris Leslie is hated by other MPs and so is Chucker and Munna. Has Chucker got this party going yet or are we still waiting? No, 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 it's still waiting. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're waiting for fucking Fuck's sake, God Chucker, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to wait in for the new party. Sort it out. But Chris Leslie, obviously, uh, a counterpoint to Chris Williamson in that he has a level of support amongst, I guess, the gang of 40 for real slugs in the PLP. But at the same time, he has absolutely no kind of grassroots slash popular support. So it Comrades, would apparently rule them must out. Make your voice heard at conference. But the idea is that it, it will be beneficial to somebody like Emily Thornberry or Angela Rayner from the soft left of the party. And to be honest, I think a move towards the soft left would be disastrous. Well, I, I mean, mean look, look what happened in the eighties. The so-called the so the so-called modernizers. You know? Yeah, he got us into power. He didn't lose uh, oh, two yes. elections ah, or anything. That's, that's all that matters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, My mistake. Right. I wish to Uh, go on a merry-go-round of fuckery. My mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So yeah, we'll see at conference, folks. But yeah, we gotta fucking we gotta stop giving the concessions to the right of the party because they're just gonna walk all over us. Where to next? I feel like the democracy review stuff has petered down well there's some uh, other conferences that have been going on isn't there there are other conferences yes not just for labor party tory one hasn't happened yet where's uh, that God, where's that happening is that in, is that in birmingham or manchester where they're having it this year yeah i'm sure it was uh, i'm sure it'll be jokes i'm sure they'll be quoting chris leslie in their speeches and shit now look we could speculate as to how labor would pay for a spending splurge on this scale but fortunately we don't have to because we have the answer from Labour's last shadow chancellor, Chris Leslie. This is what he said last week about how Labour would fund Corbyn's plan. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left. Beyond the PLP, who apparently a lot of them do hate him, like, he is the man. Him and Harriet Harman handed the Labour leadership to Jeremy Corbyn on a big fucking shiny red platter well jack the see the thing with chris is that he did a lot of hard grafting you know he did a lot of photocopying back in the day he's he worked his way up to the top baby he, he knows how to staple yep it's important you know because <laughs> you got can, it sometimes you got to get punch. those dogs you got to get those policy documents together because if you don't staple them you you will not be able to coherently read them you know it's, you know you underestimate the power of a stapler and he a photocopy is, he boy is very very competent and very efficient 
with a stapler and a photocopier yes that's true and yeah, opening but anyway, doors. anyway anyway it's a bit throughout the blair years did, did, did you think they had john mcdonnell on on question time every week representing the labor party it's like hmm who can we get from the campaign group of mps this week to balance out our blairite labor representative they, they, they didn't i don't recall before corbyn that they had the balanced labor party panel where they have somebody uh, in this case Pfizer shaheen from the left and then they have to offset them with uh, a kind of traitor wrecker from within the party you know scum basically is what i'm <laughs> inhuman scum um <laughs> it's really annoying man it's really, it's it is really it is it is it is and this, you <laughs> the, know... la- the labor right don't deserve a parity of media representation with the actual dominant strain of politics in the labor party but jack they say things yeah, they um, do. That's the fucking. They go on the media all the time. They're always in the media. Like Chuka Amuna did his usual speech to about five fucking progress members in an ant, and then Sky <laughs> News were there with their cameras. Like, oh, uh, Chuka, let him broadcast the entire thing. Jeremy Corbyn regularly does speeches around the country to hundreds, you know, a thousand or a couple of thousand people. And 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 do they get televised? No, they're like, oh, same old, same old. Just like the most radical break with the political consensus in you know recent british history nothing nothing to see here it's fucking nauseating <laughs> it is it is and, that was uh, a speech where chucker called, called members dogs as well to give credit i know we've been sort of quite lukewarm about john in this episode his response to that was pretty good <laughs> yeah he seemed pretty pissed off and people are like well, it's confected outrage. They're like, oh, but you see, he wasn't actually saying that Labour members are literal canines with tails and fur. But it's just he, disregard he, he, for the regular member who just who, who yeah. does most of the graft in getting the Labour message out there. Our party members are not dogs. Our party <laughs> members are human beings who joined the Labour Party because they wanted to create a better society. They're not dogs. I find it grotesquely offensive for anybody, particularly a Labour MP, refers to our party members as dogs. They're the people who go out and deliver the leaflets, who canvass, who get Labour MPs elected and will secure a Labour government that will transform the lives of our community. It's unacceptable. I give avuncular advice to Chuck Muna and any of the others, and I think it's only him at the moment. Stop throwing yourself in front of TV cameras, inventing stories, and get out there and start campaigning for a Labour government. Unite with the rest of the party, because what we want is a Labour government as soon as possible. In lo- right away across the country, there are 5,000 people sleeping rough, a million people without social care, our NHS in crisis, people on low pay, wages below what they were in 2008. They're the issues we're dealing with, not internal disputes that he's trying to invent or referring to our party members as dogs. Unacceptable. Yeah, he was you know, betraying them as his baying this is the problem with so many of these MPs. Mob. They have no understanding of the people who put them where they are absolutely yeah, no understanding exactly. they think it's a job for life and yeah. that they are not answerable to anyone in the movement which they claim to honor and love it's uh, bullshitters very tossers. very disrespect yeah tosses me trying so, to balance out our swear words on this episode we've already yeah. used our quote of the of the of the sea next tuesday so oh no not quite i don't think we can bring it back you've got to leave a few minutes before you say it again so, so lib dem back. conference that'll Cunts. bring it that'll... <laughs> yeah. right so let's talk about these lib dem the walking skeleton addressed uh 
what 20 people was <laughs> yes yes we we, we found it, it, it since it's been like now a couple of centuries since vince cable's penis turned into dust he no longer remembers what an erotic spasm is and it has now become an exotic spresum <laughs> is a spresum a thing is that an actual word spresum oh. God knows, I don't know. <laughs> Years of economic pain justified by the exotic spresum of leaving the European Union. All the results are just about Vince Cable's speech, so I'm not sure that it is actually a word. Hey, Tim Farron liked the speech. <laughs> yeah, well, at least somebody did. <laughs> so I'm guessing Vince's speech was something along the lines of abuse from the hard left thugs. The hard yeah, left. Yeah, no, there, there the was actually. Left. I did actually watch his speech, and there was a bit about the hard left showing disrespect to Labour MPs. Jeremy Corbyn. In his new role, he's kept his hands clean and his image polished by hiring hard left boot boys and girls to do his dirty work. They do the bullying and the intimidation, and he claims not to know. This is like, it was like good. Said, Jeremy Corbyn's hard left. It's like, yeah, that's the way it should be. He also said he wasn't going to be like Robert Mugabe. <laughs> yeah, which again is just another, uh, you know, Mel- another mark against him. Again, we continue our uh, pro Mugabe line on the show. Uh, what else was he talking about in his speech? Uh, Brexit, well, means- Brexit, stop Bre- yeah, Brexit. Brexit, more Brexit, 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 Brexit means Brexit. And uh, there was also a set of new proposals. In fact, the Lib Dems, they're like, huh, Labour, fucking talking about party democracy, dickheads. How does that win any fucking swing voters in Grunswick upon prick like but then they're actually introducing a load of reforms to party democracy as well including that a non-mp can run as leader of a party which is certainly sending out a message of like we have a seriously depleted parliamentary party that is <laughs> lacking in talent it's not any grand statement it's just we really are struggling for the people in our party to actually come to the forefront and offer yeah. anything anything to revive this dying ideology and the new lib dem video that they played before vince cable's speech featured some really disorientating rapid zooms into the faces of justin trudeau and macron (laughs) (laughs) the the last torchbearers of liberalism as they limp on the keynote speaker at lib dem conference was gina miller the woman who sued brexit or whatever and she (laughs) uh, and she uh, it turns out is like not even a lib dem (laughs) she's saying i'm not joining your party i'm not running for leader which is is great like these kind of individualist atomized perspective like i'm not even gonna join with people whose conference i'm gonna speak at that's that's Um, hilarious today i speak to you as a friend someone who feels a bond with you on so many issues but may i say straight away particularly for the journalists in the audience who might be speculating I am not addressing you as your leader in waiting. (laughs) Truth be told, I'm not a member of any party, but I want all the same to see the Liberal Democrats strive. Like, I'm here to talk, but I don't want to affiliate with you, like, officially. Like, I want to keep a distance. (laughs) But Gina Miller did say one interesting thing. Uh, in, In fact, in my view, anyone who mentions, and I quote, 
the great Dame Shirley Williams. <laughs> it sounds like if she was a dog, the great Dane Shirley Williams. <laughs> the great Dane. I'm not calling Shirley Williams a dog. That was a bad pun. No. Okay. Great Dame. Great Dane. You see what I did there? Okay. Um, but Gina Mill. Yeah. See, I know dog comparisons are very offensive. Uh, oh, sorry. No, they're fine, aren't they? I know, I've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Gina took Miller is just ch- chucking them around here, there, and everywhere. You know, all members of dogs of the Labour Party, supposedly. Exactly. So, um, oh, sorry, well, those who any- don't align with his political views, my mistake. Yeah. yeah, anyway, in my view, anyone who's talking about the great Dame Shirley Williams should probably join the fucking Lib Dems. But Gina Miller, she said, as the great Dame Shirley Williams has warned, the fascism of the left is every bit as terrifying as the destructive fascism of the right. The so fascism it's the difference of the left, brilliant. Left fascism, we build things. This is rich coming from the ideology that goes out of its way to constantly platform fascists and gives them like environments to like express their views and stuff and has has a really bad track record of in history of enabling and giving power to fascists, <laughs> you know, like Yeah. <laughs> that's what I love about liberalism. It's just it's just completely unself-aware. As the great Dame Shirley Williams has warned, the fascism of the left is every bit as terrifying as the destructive fascism of the right. <laughs> Liberalism has become a dirty word in the mouth of both the extreme right and left because it interferes with their hard and cold ideologies both of which abhor the freedom of the individual. Something to think about. The fascism of the left, as far as I understand it, seems to basically amount to being a bit mean to people with whom you disagree politically on the internet. Do centrists think that they're nice and respectful to people with whom they disagree politically on the internet? Well, I mean, if you go by the conduct of a lot of them when they've been speaking to people who happen to vote leave, you wouldn't have that view, seeing as they seem to think that everyone who's voted leave is either a racist, a dullard, an idiot, and every sort of insult under the sun. But again, they have no self-awareness again, you know. (laughs) Um, But there we go. Are they going to be setting up their own momentum? Is there any mention Let's of be real. No, they're not, are they? They can try. They can set up an organisation. In practice, it will not be in any way comparable to momentum. Oh, what a shame! <laughs> so many take- potential videos. It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.